and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And we are back after, like, has it been like two weeks of not, yeah, it's been, so it's been a month since the last episode. Is it? Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's Sorry. fine. That's, I mean, it was, it was Easter, so that's like super understandable. And last week was just completely my fault because, uh, I live in the middle of nowhere and my internet, uh, is garbage sometimes, but they came out and fixed it and now it is not, less garbage. it's not great, but is significantly better. Yeah. It's, it is much less garbage. So that's fine. Good for them. Yeah. So, yeah, I have I have had that experience of garbage rural internet. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fun. It's like I know people like to rag on Comcast and I've been on Comcast uh twice at like two separate periods of time in my life and I have never had any problem with Comcast. So like I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> but that's okay. I think it's more, it's less their service and, I mean, sometimes. I think it's like service. customer service issues and but like it, yeah, it's issues. more their yeah. like shady business practices. Mm-hmm. Which is fair. Did you know there's a service that you can call, um, to get people to cancel your Comcast subscription for you? Oh, wow. Uh, so that, cause the process of like, they have dedicated people at Comcast whose whole job is to try and talk you out of canceling your account. Yeah. Um, and so there's like a service you can call to have somebody else call Comcast and argue with these people to cancel your account. That's funny. The and fact that that is necessary says so much about the company. Yeah. It, I don't know yeah. if it's necessary, but it, it exists and is apparently like, you know, well needed enough that people, that it stays in business. Yeah. I mean, I can understand it because like both times that I had to cancel it, they were, they were really insistent on, like, trying to get me to keep it until I told them that the areas to which I was moving did not offer Comcast service, so I wouldn't be able to transfer my service anyway, and they were like, oh, well, okay <laughs> yeah. then. So that, that is a legit excuse. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Not like, you. So, so, pro tip, right, if you want to cancel your Comcast, just tell them that you're moving. And that you're moving to somewhere that doesn't offer Comcast, and it'll be fine, probably. Yep. It was fine for me, and I am a complete doormat, and I hate arguing with people. So, if it worked that well for me, it'll probably work for anyone with more of a spine than uh, I have. I've heard I've heard people say that what you should actually do is, um, like, once every, you know, six months or so, call call them and like threaten to cancel oh because, yeah a you can get better deals like the, it, through that because mm-hmm. they'll try and offer you deals to get you to stay uh and b like it's a nice thing to do for the employees because they like will not have to work super hard to talk you back into it and then they get like a boost on their like statistics of like the number of people that they got to keep comcast oh that's a good like i've always heard it from the perspective of the consumer you know trying to get a better deal but i never thought about it being uh a good for like the metrics on the employee side which is a good point 
because they are absolutely like paid and promoted and graded and stuff based oh, on yeah. the percentage of people that they get to keep their subscriptions. Yeah, everything everything is metrics in, uh, in that. I kind guess of... there's a limit to that. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, you would be at cola and some guy kept uh, like he made someone keep his internet for like hundred times a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you don't want to do it, like, constantly. You probably only want to do it every few months or so. But, um, but yeah, no, it's it's a nice thing to do for a person who has a sh- pretty shitty job. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I bet, I bet that is a really shitty job. Yeah, talking someone <laughs> out of canceling a subscription to a, to an overpriced service is about the worst job I can think of. Yeah. Ugh. The other, the other worst job I can think of since I've been doing it for the past three days is babysitting. Aww. Um, my sister was down in this area for a conference, um, at a giant, like, water park resort hotel. So she brought her two kids and, um, is that where that watercolor for your little nephew on your Twitter popped up? Oh no, that was um that was yesterday. But so on Wednesday and Thursday, I was down there watching my nieces and then Thursday night um my sister-in-law came down with her two sons, like the the ones that moved from London a few months back. Um because they were also going to meet up at the water park for just a day. So then, like, Friday afternoon and this morning, I was watching uh one of my nephews because he's a little clingy and he likes to just come up and knock on my door and see what I'm doing and then Aww. and then drag me around. Like, it's cute. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I was, like, doing that little painting for uh, the younger nephew. And he was like, can I paint too? And I, so I went and I was like, okay, well, let's get your crayons out and you can color while I paint. He's like, but I want to paint too. And I'm like, well, you're not using my watercolors because they're expensive. (laughs) So then I went like all the way up to the barn where a lot of my stuff is stored and like dug through a bunch of boxes until I found my cheap watercolors, like the lengths that I went to so that so that a kid could do some painting with me. It was fine. It's just like, man, I don't know how people do that permanently. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I had to do it for a few Seems days. Seems fairly daunting. Yeah, I had to do it for a few days, and I just want to sleep forever, but... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard it's it's very hard on recent parents, that phase of things. Yeah. But, uh, not not part of my experience yet. We'll see. I'll yeah. let you know in like five, ten years. Yeah. I'm so glad my like nieces and nephews are grown up now. Yeah. So you yeah. can actually actually have a conversation with them. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I did take uh, I did take my cousins uh, when I was still in LA. Um, they got they've gotten really into games, so I took them to the USC game lab and showed them like all of our fancy like rooms and equipment and stuff. Nice. And it's like, look how impressive we are. <laughs> I think they were, they enjoyed it. 
Yeah, that's it's cool. like, hey, look, we've got a like a motion capture stage and like a a playtesting room with a one way mirror, and you know, <laughs> that's like that's legit. Ooh. Yeah, it's very fancy. Yeah, yeah. My young relatives are like almost getting to the age. Like the oldest ones are three and four, so they can they can at least like articulate their needs and desires without much without much difficulty. Uh my niece is prone to temper tantrums, like pretty bad ones, so that's uh that's double exhausting, but when when she, when she's good, she's really good. It's just when she's not good, she's a nightmare. Horrid. Yeah. How's that go? Something something. Is that uh Oh, oh yeah, that's like something some... about something about when she was good, she was very, very good, and when she was bad, she was horrid. Yeah, or something like that. It's for... what nursery rhyme? It's like is that it's from? like uh, yeah, I don't um, oh, is it like there was a little girl who had a little curl right in the middle of her forehead? forehead? Is that yeah, what rhymes yeah, yeah. with horrid? Kind yeah, yeah, yeah. of, right. only a little bit, and, but and when she was good, she was very, very good, and when she was bad, she was horrid. Yeah, solve the mystery. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Uh, we haven't we haven't podcasted since I went on my Easter trip, have we? No, yeah. Tell no. us about that. Um, yeah. So so speaking of small children, um, we had uh, some some family friends there who had a ten month old. Oh, small. Uh, with them, yeah, real small. And he's just gotten to the to um, like he's discovered pointing, and he points at everything dramatically. <laughs> It's kind of amazing. He was remarkably good-natured. Like, he he didn't... He never, like, cried or fussed unless he had, like, a very specific reason to do so. Like, I fell down and bonked my head on a thing. Yeah. Um, and he was sort of... He's not actually, like, walking yet. Um, or, like, even standing on his own. But he's able to, like, pull himself up to stand if he's got something to hold on to. Um... So he was doing there's the way that the uh the camp is set up is we have this giant group tent um that we use for like the the group gatherings it's like an old uh supposed to be like a portable garage i guess um and so we put in all bunch of like stuff in there there's like uh uh like a propane stove and like all the food stuff and like a bunch of camp chairs all around the edges and then in a in a line down the center are all the coolers that everybody brought all their food in so he was able to like hoist himself up by the coolers and use it to like edge his way over back and forth by having a continuous grip on the line of coolers nice it was pretty cute ingenious yep but other than that it was it was fine it was cold um as oh, yeah. one might expect from being like end of March, early April. Um but, you know, what are you gonna do? I think it only rained one day, so that was nice. Yeah, that's 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 pretty lucky, considering like the time of year. Had some tasty food. I reread um Carry On by Rainbow Rowell, which is a good book. I recommend it. Nice. Um sort of a, a loving parody of Harry Potter. Um, if you want to read like, like high quality, uh, like Harry Potter knockoff but gay, um, definitely recommend. Nice. Yeah, that's my favorite genre of books. 
That's funny. You're reading. Yeah. You're reading Harry like Harry Potter knockoff, but gay, and I'm reading like existential horror philosophy right now. It's great. <laughs> hey, to each their own. Mm-hmm. It takes all kinds. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a nice. We've got some good diversity on our podcast here, of 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 interest. Yeah. So uh, before we get into like discussing our game this week. Uh, I wanted, there was something I wanted to briefly bring up, uh, relevant to our previous podcast, um, because we talked about Doki Doki Literature Club in the last one, uh, and all of us complained that, like, it could have been, like, a really interesting examination of depression, but they just, like, didn't really go there. Uh, and as it turns out, um, there's actually, like, a fan mod of Doki Doki Literature Club called Doki Doki Rain Clouds that stars Sayori and is about her depression. <laughs> so somebody already beat us to that and has worked on it. Yeah. So if anyone's curious about like how you could tell that story, uh, might be might be a good thing to check out. I haven't I haven't played it myself and I probably won't. But yeah, um, same. But it's it's there for people if they want to check it out. Doki Doki Rain Clouds. Yep. So. Good to know. Uh, all right. So we should talk about the game that we actually played, probably. Yeah, I know we're trying to like come yeah. up with a segue here, but this is the this is the best we're gonna do. We're out of practice, yep. shaking off the rest. No segues. Yeah, we don't need no we don't need no damn segues. <clears throat> so, uh, the game that we played for the past month, even though it didn't really require anywhere near a month to play, but that's Definitely. fine didn't take a month. Yeah, not at all. Uh, is Submerged, which is a sort of post-apocalyptic uh, exploration game from Uppercut Games, which um, that studio is made up of a lot of former 2K people, uh, and a lot of them worked on Bioshock, which is really interesting as a comparison to this game, because this game is nothing at all. Like Bioshock. Bioshock. Bioshock, which we of course played and talked about on this podcast and then lost. And then lost. Yeah. That was the lost episode that uh, did not record properly, yeah. so it does not exist. Extremely unfortunate. Speaking of Bioshock, let's let's already get off topic. They're making a new one. Are they? Yeah. Uh, it's oh. I, I still haven't played Infinite, so Yeah, it's like the code name for, for this one is like Parkside, so that may or may not have anything at all to do with the actual content of the game. But yeah, it's been confirmed in development. I don't know if there's like a release date or anything, but that's interesting. You know, if we count Bioshock, how many games have we done that are like underwater or partially underwater themed? You know, probably. I I feel like it's a lot. Uh, let's, let's, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Aquaria, yeah, this one. Um, uh, early Spore minute. starts out underwater. Yeah, early minute C has at least one under- underwater segment. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I'm, I'm just going through our SoundCloud list at this point. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> Refunct, sort of. Yeah, sort of. It's it's like above water, but there's a lot of water. I guess you can yeah. swim in, in yeah, Refunct, so you yeah. Can go on, you can go in, under and see some of the, like, submerged parts of it. Yeah. Um, 
vessel. It's yeah, like maybe like it's about water, but it's not really an underwater. Yeah, it's not about it's not about bodies of water. It's about like captured water. Yeah. Uh, arguably, of the beginning section of Frog Fractions, or True. some parts of Frog Fractions. Yeah. There's that whole like underwater thing with the boxing section in Frog Fractions. Yeah. Is there? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I and was like, thinking about Frog Fractions too. Yeah, yeah, no. Frog Fractions one we played for our four in February. Uh, um, Beyond Good and Evil takes place in like an islandy sort of area. Like you get, I yeah. mean, you're on a boat for part of it, so. True. <laughs> That's. That's a good yeah. observation that I'd like. Part of, part of Never Alone takes place inside a whale that's, like, yeah. partially submerged. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. Uh, guys, I think... <laughs> we're, we're stretching this so hard. I think we're about to crack the code here, you guys. We're about to blow this whole thing wide open. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's, that's probably it. I, I hope think that's, so. that's mostly it. And, uh, our next game, uh, well, we'll talk about that, uh, when we talk about our next game. But, uh, for now, let's just, let's just steer this back to Submerged, uh, if we, if we would like to. As you can see, we love games that take place underwater or partially underwater. Yeah, they're great. This is a game about a city that's partially underwater. Yeah. So, um, the game follows a, young girl and her even younger brother and it opens with them uh on a on a boat like a little a little motor boat going into this um flooded big city like it's it's high rises but everything is you know partially flooded by like at least the first few floors yeah and totally overgrown like these are ruins yeah like there's there's like moss and flowers and all kinds of stuff going mm-hmm. over. And just and just destruction and and yeah, nature is definitely taking over. And um her I think the girl's name is Miku and her younger brother is injured and the whole game <laughs> That's not his name, that's just <laughs> What? <laughs> you said her name is Miku and her brother is injured. But that's not her <laughs> no, name. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um yeah, what's it? Taku, Taku yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll just call him injured, that's fine. That's, that's his only real character trait, is that that's he's injured. <laughs> um, he's injured on unconscious for the whole game, so he might as well be named injured. Yeah. Um, and the, the entire game basically focuses around scavenging through the ruins for things to help your brother, so... First of all, it's like drinkable water and food and bug repellent and then eventually like antiseptic to cure his, like he's got a, I don't know, a puncture wound or something in his abdomen. Um, uh, to, yeah, it's a big old slice. Yeah, to yes. keep him from like, to keep it from getting infected and, and thread to stitch it up. So the whole game is just going from place to place, getting supplies to keep yeah, your brother one, alive. It is one continuous long fetch quest yeah <laughs> which is fun because that is the me- the mechanic of the game is you there's like basically two mechanics to this game one is boating around in the world so you there's like you have your little motorboat and you're just like skimming along through the ruins and the other one is climbing buildings mm-hmm. so climbing the ruins of buildings once you get to a building um 
And so, like, the whole point of the game is just go around and explore and see the cool spaces and find things in the spaces. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Um, the, I guess, as yeah, like you said, there's a, there's a series of, of items you have to get, and each one is in, like, a drop crate mm-hmm. uh, with these red parachutes. I don't know if you want to talk about the uh, like the types of things that you that you can collect in this game because there's a lot of them. It's not just the the things the main fetch quest. Things. Yeah, so it's you get your main fetch quest objectives, and then uh, as you boat around, there's like some aquatic life. There's like pelicans and dolphins and whales, etc. And every time you see one of those, you get like a little like those count technically as collectibles. Like you get a little journal entry. Um, and they're all overgrown with this kind of algae and some glowing spots, like there's a big, like, infection <laughs> that they have, uh, which eventually begins to spread to you, the player character, uh, as well as there are these, like, bipedal humanoid, uh, crab people, cra- <laughs> crab people. yeah. Leaf people. Judging, they get their own entry in the animal decks, which is a little weird. Yeah, um, um, and they're like a picture of a person with a leaf. Yeah, they're they're basically like mutated humans who are mutated yeah, by they're, whatever. They have a weird sort of Slenderman look to them. Like they've got these like smooth faces, mm-hmm, and they're and all like kind of gray, pale skin, and they're kind of gangly. And yeah. those those pop up periodically as you're sort of exploring. Around the buildings yeah, where you're like getting supplies. Yeah, they're always just too far away to actually interact with, and if yeah. you come close to them, they run away and mm-hmm. like jump into the water. Yeah, which is, I don't know. I remember the first time that happened, I was like, "Oh no, this is going to be scary," and then it it was never anything more than just that. Which yeah, they're a little unnerving for sure. Yeah, but they like they don't like jump scare you or anything. Yeah, they're just kind of um, there. I saw the first one when I was like climbing the first building, and like as I was like moving the camera around I noticed one was on like the next building over just standing and staring at me oh. and I almost missed it because I had like it was you could just see it out of the corner as the camera was swinging around I'm like wait a minute there's some freaky dude over there watching me what the fuck <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's a little bit of a surprise like the first time it comes up and then and then after that it's, it's not much of a surprise anymore. yeah it's more of yeah. a hey hey buddy Hey, guy. Um, I think it's meant to be kind of ominous because they, like, keep coming back. to Every time you get one of the supplies that you're looking for, it shows you coming back to, like, your main base area in the middle of the city. And there's, like, a group of these people watching you. And there's, like, more and more of them as the game goes on. Mm -hmm. So I think it's meant to be, like, ooh, something's going to happen with these guys. What's going to happen? Yeah. And something does happen eventually. We'll get to that. Um, The other collectibles are... Basically little journals that you find throughout the world. Yeah. Thingies. And, um, and they basically just tell through little pictographs the story of how the world came to be the way it is now. It, it, it I don't know. I think it's like a global Which, warming flooded yeah, the world well, thing. So, okay. So there's like 40 or something of these to find. There's like a ton. there's a lot of yeah. them. Um, but the, 
And it looked at first, I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's going to be, it's some sort of global warming flood. But that actually doesn't, now that I've gotten most of them, I think I'm still missing like four of them. Mm. Um, but I think it's actually not global warming. I think it was Cthulhu. Oh. Yeah, I was debating if it's like, either it's human destroys the world, or it's like magic destroys the world. Yeah, I... Because I... The thing, there was some, like, storm, and the city starts flooding, and everyone tries to escape to, like, the tops of buildings, and then it looks like lightning strikes something underwater, and some giant green thing rises up out of the deeps and, like, swamps the city. Huh. So, and turns the city into this weird, glowing, like, overgrown place. Interesting. See, and the, then the, I thought again. that was, like, plants took over the world. Maybe? It's so hard to tell. Let me see if I can, uh, if I can load it up. I'll, like, describe what the pictures okay. are and we can do, yeah. like, an interpretation. Because I know I started this game, like, a long time ago and never finished it, and the first time I played it, uh... I was, like, going real hard on collectibles, and this time I didn't because I was taking forever before. Um, so I didn't I didn't actually, like, go out of my way to get a lot of those specific entries this time. I'm, I'm actually going off of, uh, I think what, what the director said is that it's uh, tropical and global warming and it's, like, a sea level rising thing, but that doesn't mean that they didn't put in, <laughs> put in an alternate explanation, yeah. <laughs> Exactly, or like the, it could even it be could that, be both. yeah, it could, it could even be that the story sort of told in the game is the people's interpretation of it. Okay, so, so. Um, I guess there's also, we didn't mention, um, you, as part of collecting the main supplies, every time you collect supplies, you also get a set of story on how the kids came to be. Oh yeah, that's true. City. Yeah. Um, and basically, like, they were living in a little ocean village, and... Everything was going well, and one day their dad, like, was out hunting and disappeared in a storm and, like, died. And then their mom, like, started drinking. I thought uh, it was the other way around. Uh, yeah, me too. Maybe it is. I don't know. One one of their parent figures... Uh, uh, yeah, one of their parent figures, uh, like, died in a storm. The other parent figure started drinking. Uh, the daughter was, like, angry and destroyed... The, um, it was like a vase or like something. The, the alcohol, I think. Like, oh yeah, yeah, it was the alcohol. Uh, like the, <laughs> it was the, the bottle, not a, not like, just a vase, not just like lashing it. out. Like I'm gonna break your stuff because you drink. Yeah. <laughs> it was and a lot so more the, practical. The parent figure, in a rage, like tried to attack her, but the the little brother got in the way, and that's how he got that like stomach slash. Uh, he was injured by this like harpoon or whatever. Um, so the sister, like, grabbed him and ran away with him, uh, and, like, brought them to this city. Yeah. Should we, should we talk about how much indie this game is? <laughs> it, is from, it is, like, From super... that entire story, to, like, <laughs> the world going under story, to saving your brother's story. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it quite... <laughs> okay, there's, I was wrong, there are 60 images. Oh, jeez. Um... For the, the city story. That's so um, many. So it's uh, Spiral, uh, Yellow Planet, um, set of buildings, like skyscraper type buildings, close up on buildings where we can see plane and car, 
uh, one person, two people, family of people with dog, uh, group of people next to buildings, larger group of people next to more buildings, uh, buildings like two two denser lines of buildings, three denser lines of buildings, I guess implying that the city is getting bigger. That makes um, sense. Picture of the planet with buildings all the way around it. Sun with three wavy lines over it. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Hmm. Mystery. Sun wow. got... So it's like, it's like yellow circle with three wavy lines over it, and then the next one is gray circle with jagged lines through it. Which originally, when I just saw those two, I took to mean the sun went out, but I don't think that's actually the case. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's th- like thunder and lightning. Yeah, maybe it's like clouds coming like clouds. in front of the sun yeah. or something. Um, so then, the, then is like the city but gray and with jaggy lines above it. Then the city, but gray, but with a cloud above it. Then there's set number 17, which I'm missing. Oh. Um, so I don't know what that is. Then there's a bunch of horizontal jaggy lines. Like, so black jaggy lines on a white background. The next one is white jaggy lines on a black background, but the jaggy lines are vertical. Hmm. And then we're back to black jaggy lines on a white background. Uh, which I take to mean lightning flash. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, lines and then inverted color and then lines again. Yeah, that's that's what I do when I animate lightning. You gotta you, you put in you put in a like an emphasis frame where where the colors are all inverted. Yeah, <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah, so maybe that's the intent. So then, um, city again with cloud over it, and the cloud is raining. Um, then, like three panels of the city, no, like four panels of the city with like steadily higher and higher water water levels where the the last panel like this the buildings are half submerged um then two people and a dog with curved lines over them that i think is like a wave swamping them um then is a bunch of people floating in the water oh all with their arms up like they're like save me i'm drowning oh no um then there's a there's a one where there's like a, a partially submerged building where some people on top of the building are helping some of the other people out of the water. But there's definitely one guy on the left of the frame who's just straight up drowning. Whoops. <laughs> He's like upside down and like towards the bottom of the water in the frame. <laughs> um, these are all like obviously like super stick figure Like they're very like abstract so it's hard to tell exactly what's going on. Uh, then there's black background gray circle with two jaggy lines in front of it. Oh, no. Uh, which, again, is maybe lightning. It looks kind of lightning-y. Um, then, so then there's a picture of the jaggy line going down into the water, and then a picture of the jaggy line hitting the, the, the seafloor below the water, which is green, uh, with, like, impact lines. So, like, Whatever came down into the water hit something on the bottom. Hmm. Um, and then I'm missing frame 32. So I no. feel like that's the frame, and I should probably try and find that frame. Um, but then the next three panels are, like, these curvy lines attached to a big green circle slowly rising up from the bottom of the water. 
And that's where I that's where I get Cthulhu monster. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I I remembered those. I thought they were like plants growing. They could be, but the circle seems to be up like emerging from the bottom of the the frame as well. So I don't know. Something round and green with a bunch of like little curvy lines coming up from it is coming up from the bottom. Uh, and those curvy lines, like, come up and swamp over the remaining, uh, buildings and people on the roofs and just, like, close in all over them. Like, just, just close in and everything is just these green little tentacles. Hmm. Um, and then the tentacles recede and then it's just the ocean at nighttime and the, the city is completely underwater and then slowly the water recedes. But when the water recedes and, like, exposes the tops of the buildings again, the buildings are green instead of yellow. And they have all these little, like, curvy bits on them and little leaves uh, sprouting up. And then, I don't know, there's, like, water with more of these little curvy lines and the curvy lines with, like, some kind of bird flying above it and, like, a big green fish in the water. So uh, I wonder if that green circle is, like, a a visual representation of the mutation? Maybe, like that, the toxicity or something? Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know, like, what exactly is the cause of the mutation, but, but yes. yeah, it could be something like that. Would that be something that was, like, awakened by being hit by something at the bottom of the ocean? I have no idea. <laughs> Or it's a water hose that someone left on. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I suppose. Um, but yeah, so then there's like the curvy lines and one of the little leaf people. So like a leaf-headed guy with little leaves on his shoulders. And then it's like almost the same picture at, from the beginning of like a family with a dog, only they're all leaf people. <laughs> uh, and then it's a bunch of leaf people in the, the leaf city. Uh, and then it's like panels zooming out of that and you go back to seeing the world again and it's got like instead of buildings all around it it just has like one little collection of buildings on the top but hmm. the the city is or the world is all covered in water and the buildings are all green interesting and that's the end of the story and what a story it is <laughs> i feel like i feel like that was intentionally padded out uh to so make you, yeah, yeah. So that, or so that there would just be more, because I know, like, I've I've read a little bit of like interview stuff uh, about this game, and I know that they put a whole lot of effort into handcrafting every aspect of the environment. Uh, so I can understand wanting to fill the damn thing up with collectibles, so that players have a reason to search every nook and cranny of it. Like, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. So. Um, there's also, there's one set of collectibles listed here that we didn't mention. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is the landmarks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you can also, like, as you as you tool around in your little boat, you can run into different um, areas and um, just, you know, like, cool, cool things that you see and it just, like, hey, here's this cool thing and it's just, like, a little cinematic angle on it and then it puts a little entry in your journal yeah and it marks it on your map yeah which is nice practically and artistically just yeah, like so it's like we built a lot giant, of cool things yeah like giant 
half-submerged statues and, like, the ruins of, like, big suspension bridges and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Architecturally significant things, basically. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm in here and I'm, like, <laughs> now that I opened it, like, I started playing again. Um, oh, I guess there's one one other collectible is um, boat parts that, oh, yeah, that make your parts. boat better. Yes, and they they all do the same thing, which is let you boost for a little longer. Yeah. So, like, it's not like there's a variety of upgrades to your boat. It's, yeah. There is an upgrade to your boat that you can get 20 times this, or whatever. This upgrade gives you rocket launchers. <laughs> yeah. So you can upgrade your extra defense. You can take out the mutants. You show them who's boss. So when I started playing, I just, like, took a trip, explored the whole map without going into any buildings and just getting boat parts. Yeah, that's kind of what I did, too. I actually, the first thing I did was go around the perimeter of the map. Yeah, where I'm like, too. let's see what all is on the edges. Mm-hmm. Some of the coolest uh, stuff is on the edges, too. Yeah, those, those, when I first found the, the sunken bridges, like, that was, like, really cool and really ominous. And like, I don't know, I don't know if you can encounter it in other places, but the only place where I encountered that really big whale was sort of on the outskirts. I think I, well, it's hard to say. I'm still missing one of the animals. Uh, and I don't, I don't know which it is. I didn't actually look up what I'm missing. Yeah, I was missing one this playthrough as well. Um, it might be, it might be a big whale. I don't remember. I don't actually remember, but. Yeah, there's two, like, super big things. There's one whale and there's one whale shark. Yeah. Uh, but, I, I got both of those. So I don't know. Let's see. I have, uh, I have dolphins. So if you go fast enough through the water, like, dolphins will come up and swim next to your boat, which is cute. Uh, I have flying fish. I have the big whale. Uh, in the outskirts, I have a manta ray, I have pelicans, I have the leaf men, and then I have the whale shark. I'm missing number seven. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't, I, and I can't open my game because then, then the audio will show up in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, so, sorry. Um, you could probably look it up on the wiki. Yeah. And just, I mean, I don't know if there is a wiki. I'm assuming there's a wiki. There probably is. Uh, but yeah, so the it's it's fun to collect things because it's yeah. fun to tool around the boat. To this game's credit, there are two activities that you do in this game, and both of them are fun. Yeah, like oh. both of them are oh. satisfying. <laughs> We're gonna disagree? disagree here. I found both of them to be pretty satisfying. Like I found both things to be really, really satisfying and really fun. Okay, um, and, and the, the climbing they're, is they're not so much. Not so much. My only... And I'm I'm so sad that the climbing is such a big part of this game. That's fair. My only gripe is that it was a little slow, but otherwise... Yeah, I, I found, like, I was, uh... I found it to be just kind of long enough. Like, I wouldn't want to spend, like, too long doing either activity, but the fact that you switch back and forth between them... Like fairly regularly, like I thought, like made it for a good balance. I'm just glad that once you get to the top of a building where the supply drop is, you don't have to climb back down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because nice. that would have been that would have been way too much. Wait, so, Kala, were you missing number seven? Yeah, because I just started my game, and that's a whale. Okay, is it a whale? 
I but I found the like the jumping breaching mm. whale. Or is it a different whale? I mean, it's a whaley thingy. Okay. It's hard, it's hard to judge size. Actually, it might be a small fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll never know. Oh, I guess I'll have to find it out. Um, but yeah, the, the so the climbing segments are sort of like nominally puzzly. Mm-hmm. Like not really, but there's sometimes there's like branching paths and you can go different ways and sometimes some of the paths are a little hard to see and you gotta like look closely to find them. And, uh, sometimes there's like multiple ways to get around the same area. And yeah. I, I found that kind of satisfying. Like it's not challenging, but it's you know, it's enough like slightly less than brain dead to be you know, like interesting slash engaging, I guess. Yeah, like, you have to be... You have to at least be present. <laughs> I kind of brain dead. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's each their own. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I also thought that they do a really good job in those segments of queuing. Like, the, the things that what you can and cannot grab are, like, very clearly telegraphed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I appreciated that a lot. They're like they do a lot of things with uh, with color and with you know sort of contrast that make it so you're like, oh, clearly I can grab that, even if it's not a thing you've ever tried to grab before. Yeah. Like after you've climbed one or two buildings, you're pretty used to like all the things that you can see that you can grab onto. Mm-hmm. But even the first time, you're like, that looks grabbable, and it is. Mm-hmm. Or like having climbable vines that are not just vines, but they have flowers growing on them. Yeah. That are, like, like raiding petals. Yeah, it's it's good. And it it makes a nice, like, visual contrast. Everything is sort of gray and blue and green, but then here's these bright red flowers. It just looks nice. And it draws your eye. So. Yep, exactly. Good queuing. Good on you, game. Good job. Uh, what else? Oh, um, the weather. And the lighting yeah. dynamics, very nice. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like sometimes you're going around, so there is a day-night cycle, mm-hmm. and sometimes it starts raining. Um, but it all feels like very natural, and even though the the graphics are not like super expensive looking, they still feel like good enough, I guess. Yeah. Like they, you know, they, it still is good enough to give the world a sense of like. Like ominous beauty, I guess. Yeah, I think I think the um, the building models and character models are less expensive looking than than the weather and lighting yeah. are, in my opinion. Like it looks like they put a whole lot of effort into into that atmospheric stuff, which is always nice. I I like. Well, effects. considering that this game is like entirely atmosphere, yeah. like there's there's nothing, there's very little to this game other than atmosphere. So, yeah, that's true. That's very so true. You gotta you gotta go hard on that. Yeah. Uh oh, should we talk about uh photo mode? I how does that work? I, I haven't actually know. tried it. It it basically um like pauses the game, but lets you rotate the camera around in the space. Which is kind of nice. I think I only played with it like once, and I was like, "That's cool." Make postcard. Yeah, I mean, I've seen these kinds of functions pop up in video game quite a lot recently, but I've never used it, and I don't see why I would use it. 
I don't know. It's kind of like who who was it? Who was it that I saw on Twitter who is playing Breath of the Wild and they're like, I'm taking a selfie with every person I help in this game. <laughs> yeah. I, feel, I think that was Bill. Was it Bill? Okay, yeah, yeah, it was Bill. Um, and I was like, that's a good use of it. I think my favorite, uh, my favorite Breath of the Wild selfie mode moment was where, uh, with a specific costume, uh, Link's model bugged out and he was just invisible, like his head was invisible under the, the head, headpiece, mm-hmm. which was, which was, in, it was like the, the skeleton luchador sort of costume that you get in that game, so, you would, so already ominous. Yeah, so you could see through the eye holes and it just like went straight out the back of his head into the, into the environment beyond, which was, uh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't use it a whole lot, but, I don't know. It's nice that it's there. I like that kind of stuff sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really detract from it, so. No, it's like, it's not a bad thing. I just never used it. Yeah. Hey, I got the last whale. Oh, nice. It it... looks just like the other whale. Okay. Slightly smaller. Okay. Pretty sure I saw it before. I just wasn't close enough to it to get the achievement for it. Yeah, that 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 is a thing. Sometimes they yeah, don't. I was going along with the super big whale at the edge for so long before I got it. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't trigger super consistently. I had that issue as well with some of them. Uh, found fifty eight of sixty secrets. Wow! I'm not gonna try and get those last two right now. <laughs> I mean, I really like the exploring part, but I'm, it's sort of sad that there's nothing interesting. Well, it's interesting to explore, but there's no... Nothing to do? Nothing to do, and all the places are like the same, and what yeah. you get isn't very interesting. You just yeah. get another story piece, and there are six of them. Yeah, I mean, that feels like a like a scope thing. Like, it's an indie game, and they only have so much time to make things, so they, like, made the one thing and just did it, you know, put it in a couple places. Yeah. To their credit, I think, I think the level design of the buildings is pretty good. Like, I think they're interestingly distinct from each other in terms of, like, you know, this one's got a lot of, like, flat planes, and this one's got, like, a lot of, you have to go up and then back down, and then up and then back down, and, um, I mean, there's only so distinct it can actually be, because it is sort of the same you know, visually similar and, uh, and mechanically, like, the same pretty much. But for all that, like, they clearly did make an effort to make them distinct. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff. And, and that was, again, one of the things that I read was that they, like, they put in a whole lot of effort to have everything in this game be super handcrafted. And then for their next game, which I think comes out, like, next month, actually. Uh, and it's completely different. It's like a, um, uh, a roguelite that is like procedurally generated. So basically instead of handcrafting everything, they're just building everything like modularly. And it's sort of an Arabian Nights kind of setting. It looks really cool. Um, roguelites aren't my thing, but I like, I like the style of it a lot. I believe it's called City of Brass. Let me, um, let me, let me just look. Uh, I will say this for, uh, like, as far as the atmosphere yes. of the game goes. City of Brass. City of Brass, you get uh, a whip. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I've seen this game. I think. So, not my thing, but I think it looks really cool. If if that if roguelites are what you're into, so shout shout out to that. Buy it when it comes out, which I believe is very soon. If you like that sort of thing. If you like that sort of thing, if yes. If you don't, don't buy it. It's up to you. We don't it is, control you. It is super we up can to buy you. It. We're not your real dad. Yeah, we are um, not. We're not even your fake dad. <laughs> um, but I, one thing I will say for the sort of for its atmospheric nature, one thing I really love that they do is that the the music in this game is is already pretty like subtle and minimal and like there's not a whole. It's not like doesn't doesn't draw attention to itself. But when you're climbing and you get high enough up on the building, the music just sort of fades out and it's just like wind sounds. And that's always like slightly disconcerting to me. Something about like the wind whistling is just kind of eerie. Um, and I like that always feels like, I don't know, not, not creepy exactly, but I don't know. It, it adds to the tone in a really cool way that I appreciate a lot. I'm glad you appreciated that because I did not notice it. Oh no! <laughs> it might have, it might have been because this was like a game that I had other stuff playing in the background, which I probably shouldn't do if we're like doing games for the podcast. But that's... you should probably play at least one session without things. In the yeah, background. I probably should. I I think I did before, and that was just so long ago that I didn't again. But yeah, but yeah, no, that's but that's yes. a good that's a good uh, that's a good touch. So when when you're climbing, because most of the time, the thing you're trying to get to, the the supply drop, because these are like, there's the implication that this was um, like rescue supplies or aid or something, because they, they all come with like the wreck of a parachute and like a brink, blinking red light, and they're these big like marked crates. So the idea, I guess, was that there was some kind of aid drop that there are pieces of, I don't know when that would be from timeline-wise, but... Uh, at any rate, they're they're because they were dropped from the sky. Presumably, they're generally on rooftops, so you have to climb all the way up these giant buildings to get to the top. So as you're getting higher and higher, you're just listening to these like whistling wind noises. Also, it so, took, it took me like three or four buildings to realize that those were parachutes and not like like banners. the tattered remains of like an American flag. <laughs> so, yeah, or banners, whatever. Yeah. All right, Carl. What did you start to say? Um. Oh, you. Uh, I can't remember. Damn! <laughs> no. I ruined right. it. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So, is there other people in this city? I mean, there's the Leaf Men. Like that isn't crap people. <laughs> um. I mean, I, I presume there were previously, but are not now. Was my impression. But there is there other people in the world? Because I mean, you're not a leaf person. Yeah, I guess yeah, because you're, you're part of a little village, according to the the picture in your story. So, but it's like a village on the ocean that looks like kind of isolated. So I don't know. Good question. I wonder if people, because it would make sense to sort of occupy the ruined cities and just sort of make do there. Since there's already structures, and presumably, like, supplies to scavenge. Uh, yeah, and only things that were really tall are above the surface of the water. Yeah. So I so my assumption was that people left the cities because of mutations, and they didn't want to get mutated. I don't know. I don't know if that's accurate, but that's like oh, my... Oh, yeah, we should probably talk about the end of the game, story-wise. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was wondering uh, how to how to get back to that. So uh, basically, as you go through the uh, the main objectives, which is getting supplies to treat your brother's wounds, um, you start getting like growths on your hands. Like it looks like moss, and there's like these growing glowing sort of barnacle thingies. Uh, implying that... It doesn't that look healthy. It doesn't not, look healthy at all. Not, not, Unless you want to be really. a crab person. Yeah, looks like you're turning into one of the crab crab people, leaf yeah. people. That that might be... I mean, that could be someone's fetish. Crab, crabification. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so as, as you get more and more supplies, you get progressively more mutated. Uh, and then at the end, whatever the last supply you get is, um, you heal your brother or whatever it is, and then you collapse because of the mutation and you wake up, or the brother, I guess, wakes up and sees all of the crab people, like, standing over his sister ominously and then they do some sort of ritual and that heals and her. like, oh no, she's gonna die. Yeah. And then she and it, doesn't. And it, it heals it, her. It just, yeah, it sucks the mutation stuff right off her. <laughs> it's, it's, like, this, this is a prequel to, uh, The Shape of Water. So. <laughs> Uh, crab, crabmans with magic powers. Uh, and then they get into the boat. And they go... Right off into the sunset. Somewhere. Probably yep. to die. I don't know why they don't stay in the city. It seems like a useful place with lots of supplies. Yeah, like, but... if if they come from... And it's a... got friendly crab people. Exactly, and if they come from, like, a, a fishing culture... There's fish there. I don't know if you can safely eat the mutated fish, but if you can't... The crabmen can just take the mutation away. Yeah. And like the the crabmen are clearly sapient, so I don't see what the problem is with just mutating and like having them adopt you as their family because clearly they're good guys. I don't know. Yeah. Or you get an army of crab people. Yeah. And take back the village. Yeah, you could, you could. You <laughs> yeah. could. You could have the crab people beat up your dad. Yeah. That'll show him not to drink. He'll I think... brought back all these crab people to beat you up. He'll think it's like a hallucination, and then he will swear off the alcohol forever. Yep. The ocean hooch. That's a plan. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Shoot, there was something I was going to say about the crab. No. Um, one thing that I appreciated that it's it's really subtle, and in the grand scheme, not that important to the game, but somehow... I'd like it made an impression on me as like a nice polish detail. Um, every time you boot up the game, uh, which I had to do a lot of because I did this game in short sessions because it made me more nauseous than I expected. But I fi- I eventually found a way around it. Uh, I just had to sit like two and a half feet back from my screen while oh. I was playing, and then I was fine. <laughs> huh. Uh, but as part of it, so I did end up like, you know, playing for a little bit and then going away and then like booting the game up again. And normally when you boot up the game, um, you get, you know, the usual options. It's like new game or continue or whatever. Um, and once you've beaten the game, the continue option becomes explore. Oh. Which I thought was like a really like nice, uh, you know, crisp, um, way of informing the player yep you finished the game congratulations but if you want to just keep roaming around feel free we're not going to stop you that is really nice and like you get to keep you know like hunting for all the the collectibles with all your collectibles it's not exactly a new game plus you're just 
in the world roaming around, but it's we're just giving you an explore mode. God, what if it was a new game plus though, and it, and you had to like fight the mutants this time with, <laughs> with your rocket launcher ship? <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, I thought that was like a very concise and pleasant way of communicating that. Um, that just made me happy. I'm like, oh hey, like game designers made this game. Yeah. Definitely. It's like it's one of those things you can you can definitely tell that um that these are like this is a really indie game, but it's people with a whole hell of a lot of experience, you yeah. know, who actually made it. So that's nice. I like I like indie games that come from a whole hell of a lot of experience. That have good good design principles. Yes. That's not games like I was thinking about um in Verbus Virtus recently <laughs> and how that I wasn't gonna and, say it. <laughs> and and how that was a game with like two artists and a programmer and zero level designers. <laughs> yeah. Zero game designers of any stripe. Yeah. Yeah. And that was yeah, fine. Yeah, this is clearly not that. This is this is very much the opposite. No yeah, no voice controls for the boat though. So no. 0 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it makes it it makes for a like it's it feels very indie and like small and like low budget, but it does a lot with the budget it has. Like it makes the best possible use of the resources it has and ends up making what I found like to be a very compelling and mostly relaxing experience. Mm -hmm. Which is nice. Yeah. I don't know how often, I guess we, we probably played some like really low key relaxing games before. Um, I just can't think of any that we've played recently offhand. Yeah, I mean, I guess if we're going to talk about watery games like Abzu, I think... Yeah, that's true. Abzu the is probably the closest other comparison. Um, this, this game is, this game is oh, not yeah. trying to be, though. Botanicula, yeah. is a little more puzzly. Like, is, there's a little more thinking. thinking. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. I, I I definitely see it. There's I mean there's a whole lot of exploration you can do in Botanicula as well, just for the sake of it. So Yeah, but it's Botanicula is also much more linear and directed, whereas this is like from basically after the first tutorial, it's like, well, the whole world is opened up. Do whatever you want in any order. Yeah. It's up to you. Go explore. Yeah. Abzu's pretty pretty linear as well, but um uh, it's it feels a lot more open. Yeah, each individual area has like an, a yeah. set your will sort of feel. Um, it's just that the areas are laid out in an order. Yes. Uh, but you know, it was nice. It was, uh, I guess, impressive in very in like a small and humble sort of way. Yeah. And I don't know. It seems really uh, efficient, like efficiently made. I guess. Yeah, that's true. And I'm part German, so I appreciate efficiency. <laughs> sure. Sure. That, that can be a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed playing it. If you're the sort of person who likes exploration games and has enjoys the aesthetic of, like, ruins, which I am totally a sucker for, uh, like designed like spaces in which nature is retaking mm -hmm. like human civilization i love that aesthetic yeah so like this was kind of an easy sell for me but yeah if that's your jam like 
you could do worse than picking up this game. Like, it's pretty nice. Yeah, it's like I was, um, I was finishing up my sort of second and third or third and fourth playthroughs of, um, Near Automata while I was playing this, and they're like really similar in tone, just everything is destroyed and nature is taking it back. Except Near Automata has robots, so. Yeah. <laughs> I recently gave up playing original Near. Um, a friend lent it to me. And I tried to play it. <laughs> I, it's a I'm, bit clunky. It's clunky, I'm, but I'm stopping. <laughs> yeah, that's that's under, like I know a lot of people have issues with the combat, and I, for some reason, the combat. Uh-huh. The game is so fucking tonally inconsistent. Oh yeah, it's like one thing and then a different thing every like fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. That's that's Yoko Taro. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I think that's sort of the point of that's, those games. Yeah, that's Yoko Taro. Um, and, yeah. I mean, his, his GDC talk, not, not this most recent one, but I think from 2015, the title of the talk was, um, Designing Weird Games for Weird People. I'm fine with weird. I just, like, it's too, it's trying to be too many games at the same time. Oh, that's what I like um, about it. Like, I, I love that it's, that it's like a third person sort of slashy hack and slash thing, but also there's bullet hell mechanics. And then also sometimes there's Sokoban puzzles for some reason. And sometimes and for it's a, a little bit it's a text It's a text game. game. Yes, I love that. And oh yeah, no, I love like Nier is one of my favorite games. And Automata, uh, I'm glad that it held up. And if it was just that it had a, a, like several different mechanics at different points, that would be one thing. But it's also like, now we're going to be like a creepy horror game for a bit. And now we're going to do like some lighthearted, funny comedy. And now this is like a serious character drama. And now it's, you know, like sci-fi thriller. And now it's, and I'm like, just for God's sake, pick a tone. Uh, I would say that if you want to just skip that game and go straight to Automata because you really don't need the first game for more than, uh, some slight references. Yeah. yeah. Um, the second game is a little more totally consistent. It's still, it still gets a little out there in places. Like there's a, there's an abandoned amusement park populated by robots that are dressed in clown makeup. And they, like, they don't, they don't attack you or anything. They just want to play and have fun. And it's, it's weird, but, um, be prepared if you play Automata for that game to just get more and more and more and more and more bleak as you go through it. And, and be prepared to go through it, uh, at least three times because you need to play it at least three times to get the whole story. Which is a little annoying. And the second time is so boring. It's not that boring. I kinda liked getting this is now a near automata it's, podcast. It is, but I, I am so upset about this because it's the exact game, exact same game, slightly worse with a few extra pieces. I I liked getting uh I like getting nine s's hacking, hacking thing because it it made it so much easier like to just blow through combat because you just hack an enemy and it's dead immediately. So, eh, okay. And anyway, okay. my my point was nature overtaking uh uh the ruins of like large buildings and stuff. So 
there's that. That was the parallel I was drawing. Yeah. Yeah, I had a really fun time going around the boat, and the boat, like, felt amazing to you. Yeah, the boat felt really good. It's, it's super juicy. Yeah. I like it a lot. And then there's some climbing. Yeah, like, I think I, I was fine with the climbing. Yeah, it's the okay climbing wasn't burnt. that bad. That's I have like five notes about me hating on the climbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I guess we could. I guess we could have talked about the boat a little more. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like a real boat at all. But damn, it feels good to control. Yeah, it's just like you just like you know you steer it with one stick, you move the camera with the other stick, and you hold down a a one button to go forward. And a second button at the same time to go forward with a boost. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know, it's just fun to steer. And there's a lot to explore. And it feels good to go fast over open areas or to try and, like, navigate through some of the closer-in ruined areas. And it's just, it's, considering it's, you know, if you're going to only have two mechanics in your game, they better both be good. And this is the one you, of the two, this is the one you spend probably more time doing overall. Yeah. Um, so it's good that it feels good. Mm-hmm. And maybe Carl doesn't, but I, I enjoyed the climbing as well. I thought it's, it's, it could have been much clunkier, the climbing, because they don't even make you press down a button to like grab ledges or anything. You just put, if you want to go up, you just, move the stick in the up direction and you go up. And so it's kind of movement only rather than like movement and several buttons. Yeah. And and sometimes it gives you like fixed camera angles while you're climbing and that a lot of times can be like a huge problem with the the ambiguity introduced when they switch the camera angle on you while you're already moving and I never had oh, yeah. I didn't have yeah, that no, issue pretty, in this. It's pretty so. cinematic, but uh but also not always the most useful thing. Yeah. Um, and there's some there's some great cinematic moments with climbing where like there's one where you're you find like this giant crane and you can climb you climb and climb and climb all the way to the top of it and it's like the highest point in the game and then you can look all over mm-hmm. the different areas which and, is pretty cool. And then you can do like an Assassin's Creed dive off the top. <laughs> no you can can't. You? No you can't. Oh. <laughs> That I would be great, you though. Could, but you could, but I did not find that option. I was, I was like, kind of rooting for that. But then I, I'm like, I oh, would okay, appreciate. Yeah, I would appreciate if they did that. But it was like, like a gag thing where you just die and you reload, because that <laughs> would absolutely kill you. Yeah, it's very high. It's up. very high up, extremely high up. Um, but yeah, it's 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 cinematic and it's the like. The feeling of like boosting is very satisfying. Um, I like I only found I don't know two thirds of the boat parts, and my boost meter was all already like way longer than I ever used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really like, especially if you're navigating within the city itself. It's like it's not feasible to go that fast for that long because yeah. you're gonna have to turn a quarter. So <laughs> yeah, and it's hard to turn while you're boosting. Yeah. You can't really do it. Yeah. But that's fine. It gives you something else to look for. And it gives you um another excuse to get in the boat to go look for them. So that's whatever. I'll take it. I'll accept that. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the climbing mechanic is about as streamlined as you could make a climbing mechanic. Yeah. 
Like it, it can't, it couldn't get much more no frills than that. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, which is fine. It's it's good enough for me. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times climbing can be really overwrought. I mean, we. I and didn't... you go up ladders so goddamn fast. Yeah. It's like, I, I never, I never minded the climbing in, like, say, Grow Home, but I think I would have minded that style of climbing in this game, because it just doesn't fit. <laughs> so, yeah, the climbing, the way that climbing was handled was nice and simplistic. What about it, Carl? Did you, was there something specific about it you didn't like? About the climbing? Yeah. Um, it was just slow, and it was just... It felt like a chore rather than something I wanted to do. I see. Like, I had to go through this. What, do you want your brother to die, Carl? Is that is that what it is? <laughs> I honestly don't care about the brother. Yeah. I, I found it a lot more compelling to just explore the city than, like, exploring it with a specific objective of saving my brother in mind. Yeah. I, yeah, you, it's, I really it's don't like it don't want to do what the game tells you to do. <laughs> yeah. I like... I mean, this whole, like, dying brother, dying mother, dying whatever, you need to give me some reason to care about these people. Yeah. Yeah. Besides just, we've informed you that your family probably, <laughs> therefore you <laughs> care about this person, therefore go save them. Yep. Like, I understand that you should be wanting to save him from a narrative standpoint, but, like, as a player, you don't really care. Yeah, that's yeah. like the, uh, when we played Brothers, uh, A Tale of Two Sons, and the mother was, like, the most MacGuffin-y. Yeah. <laughs> like, dead mom. <laughs> it's just, like, absolute fridging for no other purpose. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, this game is sort of the same thing. Yeah, like, yeah. no, that brother is is straight up 100% a MacGuffin. <laughs> like, they could just as easily have made her kind of sick and, like, needing to get supplies before moving on. Like, she could have just been escaping from somewhere. She didn't need to have someone else. Yeah, that's true, actually. And that that probably would have been even a little more compelling to me because it's like, oh, shit, I gotta save my own ass. Yep, I gotta find food because I'm really hungry. I gotta, like, I got, you know all this climbing I've like cut myself I gotta make sure I get some antibiotics or whatever yeah and then and then it then it would probably feel even better like I've spent this entire game keeping myself alive and now I've succumbed to a stupid mutation this sucks oh wait I'm being saved by crab boys that's great like yeah yeah I mean like it's it's not exactly, like, it's it's functional, yeah. the idea of, like, you have this brother and you need to take care of him, but it's not exactly original. Like, it's yeah. by no means the first game to do that kind of thing. It's it's functional, it's it's unobtrusive, and, you know, yeah, it, it works, but it didn't, it didn't hit the right buttons for any of us, I think. So, oh well. Otherwise, pretty yeah, solid little they- game. Yeah, one thing I will I would compare this game to that I think is sort of an interesting uh juxtaposition with it would be Wind Waker. Because oh. it has some of the same things that I enjoyed about Wind Waker, where it's like 
just just being out on the ocean and controlling your boat feels nice and you just you know you have a huge area to explore and it's just going to be fun to go see what's out there yeah and um, there's no climbing <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. I was just, just to say, with with uh, Wind Waker, the things you do when you get to places are not climbing, but they're like much more intensive. But you spend a lot more time off the boat than you do in Submerged, and the boat is the best part probably in both games. So, I mean, it's it's not the boat itself. It's not the like being in the boat and controlling the boat, although that is fun. It's being in the boat and feeling like there's so much to go and discover. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's what's fun about it. Like, knowing, like, oh, man, there's, like, a hundred different things for me to find, and I can just, like, tool around and explore and do whatever I want. Like, that's where the cool feeling is, I think. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah, so check it out if you are the sort of person who likes exploration games. And boats. And or boats. Yeah. And or collection. And, Yeah. Uh, and or possible Cthulhu. Yeah, and, get and all, or maybe Cthulhu? Yeah, get all the collectibles and uh, tell us on Twitter if you think it was Cthulhu. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna work to, to make this podcast available in more places. So, like, if you are new to this podcast and this is your first time hearing it and you're like, oh man, I, like, have stuff to say about this. Reach out to us on Twitter, please. <laughs> yeah. Tell us all of your Cthulhu-related uh, opinions. Yes. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> Alright, don't... don't tell Carl. Yeah, don't tell Carl. Carl doesn't need to know. That's fine. We can keep secrets from Carl. We, yeah. Carl doesn't need to know about the Elder Gods. I don't care about you two. <laughs> we have fun here, don't we? Uh, anyway, right. that's uh, probably all we have to say on Submerged, unless yeah. you guys have anything else. Nah, I'm good. Uh, also, good. yeah, again, check out um, Uppercut Games' next project, City of Brass, because it looks pretty cool. And I want someone yeah. to um, tell me if it's cool, because I'm probably not going to play it. <laughs> because again, I just yeah, yeah, roguelites just really don't do a whole lot for me. But yeah. uh, I like I like it conceptually. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like maybe we'll watch some let's plays or something. Yeah. All right. Well, Kelsey, uh, do you want to tell us about our next game? Yes, and I will. I will tell us about also how our next game uh, has uh, a water connection. Our next game is. Uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 Platinum exclamation point, which is Roller Coaster Tycoon 3, but like with all the DLC packed in, it's the like definitive edition, the, I guess you would call it. The two DLCs in, yeah. Yeah. Um, developed by Frontier Developments, published by Atari, uh, from what, 14 years ago? So relatively an older game, but Really, the third one was 14 years ago. Is that true? That's that's what it says. Release date, October 26, oh. 2004. I guess that makes my a birthday more sense. actually my 14th birthday. Aw, you are just a tiny Kelso. I was I was a pretty small Kelso. Yep. Um. Yeah we we haven't we haven't done like uh one of these sort of sim games. So a business sim. Yeah. We've done business. a couple like 
society sim. Yeah. Like we did, um, not we did Banished. Banished, yeah. And Spore, I guess, counts. Maybe. Uh, yeah, but we haven't done, we haven't done a tycoon style game yet. Yeah. So. And I don't know, these are, these are always fun. I, when I was a small child, I played, um, the Bullfrog, uh, sim theme park, and that was a blast. I actually, f- uh, like, found a copy of that online and just downloaded it, uh, relatively recently, like, in the past couple years, and man, that game still holds up! And that was like, nice. that was like late 90s, I think, so. Yeah, Bullfrog was a good design group. Bullfrog. Yeah. Um, we Rip. should mention the, the reason we're playing this game is because Kelso and I both mysteriously owned it already. Yeah. And we're not, <laughs> we're not sure how we, how we both ended up with it. Yeah, neither of us remember purchasing it. So, so maybe it was in a bundle with a different game we played for the podcast. Yeah, we suspect it was a bundle. Well, but Carl, do you also have it? No. No, so it probably wasn't a podcast bundle then. Unless I mean it could be I mean, it could have been something that Carl already owned. Yeah, that's true. Or I did buy a bundle. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So <laughs> sort we of We have no idea how we got it, but we have it. Yeah. So sort of like how how I think at one point I pushed for us to buy Submerged because it was on sale and then we forgot to play it and we're like, Hey, we all have this game. Why yeah. <laughs> why don't we do it for the podcast? Also, uh the the reason that Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 Platinum Exclamation Point uh figures into our aquatic themes is because it has a water park DLC. Oh, that's true. It has like a water park DLC and like an like, like animal attractions DLC. Yeah, which I don't I don't know if I've ever been to a place that has roller coasters and like tigers. Um, I mean, maybe I have, but... Bush Gardens, maybe? Oh, I guess I've never been to Bush Gardens. I don't know. <laughs> do they, do they have, uh... I assume. I tigers? I've never been there either. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, we can, we I have can a, build I have already the... Started it, I have already started it a little bit. Cool. Uh, and so I can, I can recommend it to people, uh, with the caveat, it has, like, stupidly bad UX. Um, especially the menus are just ugly as shit. Um, and I, I feel like every, yeah, every game of this type has a super lengthy, drawn out tutorial because it's just the worst. It's like the driest, worst tutorial you could possibly have. Yeah. So, but, like, looking once forward you get to that. Past that, like the actual gameplay is fine. So, yeah. So, um, pick up Roller Coaster Tycoon Three Platinum Exclamation Point if you don't already mysteriously own it <laughs> from some bundle, perhaps, and forgot, like, check your Steam library. Maybe it's just there. Yeah, maybe you have it and you didn't even realize. Yeah. Maybe it snuck into your Steam when you weren't looking. It just came in unbidden. And now... Maybe it's like that U2 album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's like The Ring, where it's, like, secretly cursed, and if you play it, you, like, have to podcast about it within a month or you die. That sounds like a U2 album. <laughs> See, it's great, because I haven't used iTunes for forever, so I totally missed out on that U2 album that everybody was yeah, subjected to. I think it's... Oh, I, I actually don't know about this. What actually... What happened? Uh, U2 came out with an album, I don't know, some number of years ago, and uh, upon release, it just got added to every iTunes user's library. Like, they didn't want it. 
They didn't ask for it. They ju- it just got put there. Like, was that intentional on the part of the band? Yes. Or? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. They decided uh, they didn't want to sell the album. They just wanted to give it to all people at once. I guess. Yeah. I don't. I don't know, man. I've never uh, valued you two as as a band, as a, a purveyor of music. Um, so I don't. I don't really know like who you two even appeals to. So I guess apparently there is a podcast called "You Talk and You Too" to me. That's just the podcast is just about the band you two. Huh. Um, I wonder how that goes. I know this because it is the favorite podcast of a different podcast that I listen to, um, and that podcast is called "Let's Watch Two Movies," uh, and I recommend that podcast. Nice. Um, I was looking for an excuse to segue into it because I've been listening to it a bit lately, and cool. it's just like two random girls who like pick two movies that are have like similar themes and then watch them both and then have really, really lengthy like you remember how we did Brothers, our Brothers podcast where we like just literally went through every beat in the game one by one and talked about Yeah, them? for three hours. They do that for movies. Cool. So all their podcasts are like three hours long. Oh man. That would be that would be a lot more difficult to do with a movie, I think, than with a game. Because it's easier to remember the beat by beat for a game because you've actually, you know, Participate. participated I in it. Yeah, they take notes. They probably I do. Yeah, they like write out an outline. <laughs> I think it did take all four of us to correctly place all of the events of Brothers yeah. uh, back when it was four of us. So, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> let's watch two movies. Is fun. Uh, I'm listening to their episode on Mean Girls right now, hmm. um, which has been enjoyable. So. I don't know, if you need a new podcast besides ours, check that out. You don't though. You don't need another podcast besides. <laughs> as, yeah. as they say, as they say on that on that podcast, shout out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's fair. We do, we do. We have a, a very relaxed release schedule, so it's there's there's room for other podcasts in your you life. Know, I, it's true. But you know, I would say we are we are relaxed, but we're fairly consistent. I mean, this yeah. last month long gap notwithstanding, like we usually don't go longer than that without releasing something. I don't so. think we've ever gone longer than that, actually. Yeah, we have. Have we? We had a break once. Uh, oh yeah, we did. We did. Okay, that's true. Once, once we have <laughs> gone longer than that. But yeah, considering we've been doing this like two years now. Yeah. I guess it'll be three this summer, 2015. Yeah. Wow. Wow, you guys. Uh, We're like real podcasters. Right? Maybe. Anyway. If, yeah. Yeah. Uh, play, uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 colon platinum exclamation mark. Yeah. Uh, get it on Steam or probably, probably GOG. It's probably on GOG. I would be super surprised if it wasn't. Uh, yeah. Talk about it. And we'll talk weeks. about it. Let's, let's do plugs. Hello, I am Kelso. You can find me on Twitter at Kelso Time Bomb. You can also find me on Twitter at K Time Bomb Art. If you just want to see my sporadic art tweets. If you just want to see her watercolors for her nephew. And my watercolor that my nephew did as well. Oh, did, I, did, I didn't. Know that I, one. Yeah, I posted that. I posted that one as well. 
Uh, it's very abstract. <laughs> Although I was looking at it last night, I realized that I accidentally posted it upside down. Uh, and, and you can, you can almost see a screaming face in it, uh, off, off to the right there. Uh, which is a little disturbing. Like, a screaming face painted in, in black paint. Uh. I think the black part, if I look at it, like, I'm, I'm craning my head to look at it upside down. I look at, I think it looks like half of an animal skull. Oh, well, it's, I mean, I'm looking, looking at it like the way that I posted it. It looks like a, oh, I it looks like a, a screaming face. Which was not intentional. There's an there orange ghost. There is an orange ghost. <laughs> anyway, that concludes the uh, the visual media portion of this podcast. This non-visual media podcast. I was going to say, very, very difficult medium to have a visual media section in, but we do our best. Yeah, we, we're trying to push the boundaries here. And I mean, we did the collectibles. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Uh, yeah. Someone else talk now. Uh, right, sorry. Uh, I am Kyla Fury, aka Cage Tiger, um, and I do a Sunday morning stream, uh, called Uncaged Fury, um, working title, uh, in which I play, like, old nostalgic games, uh, that I missed when they came out, and we see, you know, whether the nostalgia holds up. Uh, if you're playing it for the first time as an adult, um, I am going. To, I'm still in the middle of Secret of Mana, uh, no longer co-op. I'm now just playing it by myself. Yeah. Um, but I am, uh, I am going, still going through it. Uh, I am going to play this weekend, but not. Um, spoilers, by the way, if you're listening to this, we secretly oh, yeah. recorded it early. Um, yeah. So Sunday's tomorrow. Um, yeah, so I am going to play it this weekend, uh, and then next weekend I am away at a friend's wedding, so I will not be doing that. But most most Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. Pacific, uh, yeah, come hang out. It's it's real chill, and it's fun. Yeah. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter uh, at Kyla underscore go. Carl, it's your turn. Oh, no. Did we lose Carl? Carl? Did we lose Carl? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh. I was Carl muted. Sorry. Oh, oh, he was muted. Okay. You can find me on Twitter, at Kug3. All right. Yay. Cool. Yeah, we did it. Actually, you know, I... Mean, I... Sorry, go ahead. If we had lost Carl there, it would have been okay, because it's right at the end. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need you for the outro, Carl. Just oh. kidding. You just said what your Twitter was. Yeah. Um... Actually, I think this is the first, I think this is the first time we've recorded a day early and then uploaded it, like, the next day. Actually, this is, this is definitely the first, because I upload it all the time, and I've never done that before, so. Yeah, it's the first time we have not recorded on a Sunday. Yeah. Because of, uh, um, schedule, schedule things. At yep. least when we were doing this on Sundays. Yeah, since we've been doing it on Sundays. Did we, did we used to not do it on Sundays? I thought we always did it on Sundays. I think we have like both Saturdays and then Tuesdays. Tuesdays? What? I'm not sure. I know it was some other day. I mean, it's been two years. It's possible. <laughs> oh, I uh, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I have like no recollection of, of switching days at all. <laughs> but I usually have a good memory, but I don't know. I, I am getting old. 
I'm not getting that old. I'm you just children. <laughs> right. I'm 28. Um, I'm about to die. Yeah. I mean, um, I could. Yeah. No. The. Uh, I thought it was always Sundays, but yeah, I really it it has been a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're doing it on Saturday because, uh, I am going to a friend's, um, Soul Calibur tournament tomorrow, which is a now sort of annual thing we do. This is the second year we're doing it. Um, the Cup of Souls. It's basically a bunch of us get together and all play Soul Calibur very badly because none of us can play it well. I'm looking forward to the recap of this, of this event yeah. in two weeks. How, uh, which, which version of the game are you playing? Uh, I think it sort of we decide when we get there. Nice. Uh, or else our tournament host has like planned it for us. Like he's the only one, not the only one, but he's like the the person among the group who is into fighting games in any kind of meaningful way. Ah, uh, yes. Um, and so like for the rest of us, it's just like oh, I guess Soul Calibur is a is a series of games. And, uh, yeah, last time it was fun. We actually got, like, a pretty good spread of, like, different people who win and won in different categories. Like, we did one regular tournament where, you know, you just pick someone and you play. Um, and then we did one, uh, randomized tournament because Soul Calibur has a, has a feature where you can just randomize characters. Oh, yeah. Like, they get, they get random costume pieces and, you know, a random character body and a um, random move set <laughs> and so we Good. played uh, we did a tournament of that and that had some of like the most amazing ridiculous one shot characters of all God, so, Soul Calibur's character creator or character customization is no joke it is yeah. like that's you could just give me a game that's just that and I would enjoy it yeah it's serious business yeah well That'll be great. Uh, you'll have to tell us all about that when we're yeah. back in two weeks discussing. Yeah, hopefully, I'll remember. That. Yeah, <laughs> discussing uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon Three Platinum Exclamation Point. Yep. Very so, important. Yeah. I don't know why they put an exclamation mark there. You know, I feel like it just has to do with that specific time period of like early two thousands. <laughs> Uh, like, like that in the UX, like it, it, it just feels like a really specific time frame where everything just looked like that. Yeah. And was really enthusiastic about it. Oh yeah, I have a thing with all the games released from like 2003 to like 2006, where mm -hmm. I all compare them to Half-Life 2. <laughs> Cause it was like a good solid game that came out at that time. I mean, that's true. I do forget that that is, like, the exact same time period. But also a completely different genre. Like, can you really yes. compare Roller Coaster Tycoon to Half-Life? And I'm sure you can. I can try. We should do that. We should have... We're gonna... You, you get your own segment next episode. Pre <laughs> pre prepare your notes. <laughs> Alright, we will be back in two weeks with Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 Platinum! Exclamation point! We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Farewell. Bye.